of the reasons I'm glad to be back in Atlanta is since I was here last time, I made an extraordinary discovery that I really want to share with you. It's kind of overwhelming, much more so than the discovery that NSYNC was gay. You see, I travel a lot. And the fact of the matter is, in my travels, I, I, I found out something that, that changed the way I look at things. From the beginning of time, man has looked at the heavens and firmly believed that the universe ends out in space. It's not true. The end of the universe happens to be in the United States. I have seen it. And, oddly enough, it's in Houston, Texas. I know, I know, I was shocked too. I left the comedy club there and walked down the street. On one corner, there was a Starbucks. And across the street from that Starbucks, in the exact same building as that Starbucks, was a Starbucks. <laughs> At first, I thought the sun was playing tricks with my eyes. But no, there was a Starbucks across from a Starbucks. And that, my friends, is the end of the universe. People have said to me, how do you know? And I say, go there. Stand between those two Starbucks. Look at your watch. Time stands still. And if you turn this way and look just at this Starbucks, immediately you think, you know, when I turn around, there cannot possibly be a Starbucks behind me. No one would have been that stupid to have built a Starbucks across from a Starbucks. And if there was a just and loving God, he wouldn't allow that kind of shit to go down. So you turn slowly, thinking, well, I'll see a Gap or a Denny's, maybe even a mobile station. But there's a Starbucks! <laughs> what do you think the man was thinking who stood in the empty lot and looked across the street at the Starbucks that was already built? When he turned to his wife and kids and said, you know, I have a vision. I'm going to build a Starbucks across from the Starbucks. Why would you do that, Daddy? Because it'll be the end of the universe, you little shit. I've pondered long and hard as to what group of people might need a service like that. I mean, a Starbucks across from a Starbucks. And there's only one group of people that would need that. And that group, and there must be a large number of them there, are people with Alzheimer's. <laughs> Don't go, oh, you can't go, oh, it has to be Alzheimer's, okay? It's the only group that makes the joke work, okay? What if I said, oh, it's, uh, uh, there must be a large amount of Jews living there. You would have all gone, what the fuck is he talking about? Oh, the Irish, they love their coffee beans. It's Alzheimer's. It has to be a group that can sit there and drink coffee and then get up, walk to the door, do you see what I see? Son of a bitch, it's a Starbucks. I think it's time we had a cup of joe.
Everybody and welcome to the Nightfly Podcast, the last podcast of January 2021. My name is Dave Jessica. Welcome to the program. I just want everybody to keep dancing. <laughs> yeah, oh, I got a miserable. Oh my God! Yes, this is the last podcast of June. Did I say January? Tony, I'm a mess today. But yes, uh, this is the, uh, the, the the final podcast of the July. We're never going to see a summer like this again. I don't know why I said that either. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I don't know what's going on. I just got to get started. I am recording on the Sunday before the Tuesday that this comes out because I decided, well, last night I had a show and I decided I would wait and then I could tell you guys about the show. Well, I'm glad I waited because, well, I'm just going to get out of this right now. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, I think it's over for me in comedy and not for the reasons you're thinking, the obvious reasons. I stink. (laughs) What are you doing? But no, last night I had an experience that, um, did it change me? I don't know. I guess we have to see where else things go. But last night I realized I'm too old and this is over. I'm too angry and just the selfishness of people. And maybe that could be in any profession, but the selfishness of these comedians, I feel like I've never experienced this before. I, for years, have been hanging around really great people. I mean, we know comics are insane, but I've been hanging around such nice people for years. Like, whether they're nice or not, I don't know. Maybe they're selfish. You you run into a couple of pricks. But I, last night, I I don't know. I, I that's why I can't I can't process it yet. To where it's just a, a younger generation or just everyone sucks. But I I think it's not. I think everybody's been like this. It's just I don't remember this starting out. And obviously, I've started out and I've stopped and I've started out again and I've stopped. So I've seen it all. I've definitely seen the highs and the lows. So last night, Olga, our friend, was kind enough to book me on his show. Two months in advance, I knew about this. It was a person's house. It was like my sister having a party in her backyard, and she has money. So she saw Olga at a club, Instagrammed her, and said, would you and your friends perform at a party outdoors in the summer? And we'll give you this amount of money. And let me tell you something. The money was outstanding. Outstanding. It was like 500 bucks a person. I mean, that's a goddamn miracle, right? For 15 minutes outside, you, you know, it, that must be the way, I guess, you know, like Sarah feels or something, like where she gets 
$20,000 for 15 minutes or something. It was a pretty good deal for an hour outside the city and only doing 15 minutes. And, you know, I'm not making any money otherwise. So Olga was nice enough to uh, ask me, mostly because I had a car, whatever, that's okay, and to, uh, I guess, host the show, which I, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I guess I should have probably figured that out. Anyway, no big deal. I was pretty excited about it. I was like, this will be fun. These are my people in Jersey. And I'm just going to, I'm going to just say the names of these people because I don't give a shit anymore. And I, you know, this is why you got to like Kevin Brennan sometimes. He just doesn't give a shit anymore. You got to call people out sometimes. It's this guy, Daniel Simonson and Caitlin Palufo. Now, I've met Daniel Simonson before. He's a Norwegian comic. And I, I don't get it. I've seen him perform multiple times. People say he crushes. I've never seen it. I don't know. He's an idiot. There's just no other way to put it. He's not a bad guy. When I've met him, he's nice. He's just weird. I don't know. Maybe he's got autism or something. I don't know. But he's Norwegian, so he's weird. And then this Caitlin Palufo, I've never heard of before, but she keeps appearing everywhere. I never met her before last night. Very nice. But here's the issue. You know, we have, and there, there was this other guy who's was wonderful. I met last night, Tom Takar, very nice. But these other two started calling up. Well, so the show starts at six thirty in New Jersey, right? And you can choose if I call you and say, "I need you." You know, would you like to do this really great paying gig for fifteen minutes an hour outside the city? You can choose whether to say yes or no. These fucking idiots, I'm sorry, there's no other way to put it. I went through my head a hundred times. Should I even mention their names? But I have to, because this is unacceptable behavior. I don't care if you're a hungry comic or whatever. Sometimes you just got to be respectful as a person and as a performer. And that is not what happened here. This show was supposed to start at 630 and it's either going to end at 7.30 or 8. Who knows? As far as I was told, uh, Olga wanted to put on an hour and a half show. I told her that was ridiculous because people who are outside and just partying and they're just regular people don't want to sit to an hour show. They want to drink and play flip cup, you know, and do jello shots. They don't want to sit and watch comedy. I, don't, I, I think, you know, that's too long a show. But whatever. She, we were told it would be like an hour and a half show. And these guys scheduled another show in the city over an hour away because it takes an hour to get there. Then you got to get into the city and maneuver the traffic at eight o'clock. Both of them had eight o'clock spots, whether it be at the comedy cellar or at stand up New York, Caitlin Palufo, Daniel Simonson selfishly scheduled shows at eight o'clock and they're, Texting Olga that day and saying, well, we have, I, I hope I can make it. So they're, they're, they're getting paid, let's just say, 500 bucks or whatever. And they're rushing to a $50 spot. And, and the selfishness and the disrespect they were showing to Olga that got this, you know, this amazing paying gig in this climate an hour outside the city. It, 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 is it the greatest payment of all time? No. But it's very quick and easy. And then, you know, you could schedule a late night gig in the city at 11, you know, or after after 10 at least. 
I mean, for me, you know how it is. I'm, you know, that's my gig for the night. I'm not planning anything else, but younger people can do whatever they want. But this was the most selfish thing I've ever seen. And this Daniel Simonson, he comes up and he goes, well, if I go on, uh, I'm doing a horrible accent, but he's got an accent. And he's like, I don't know how Uber works. If I call the Uber after I get off stage, I have to reserve. I mean, why this wasn't handled in his stupid head ahead of time, I don't know. And why it just wasn't handled. So Olga's trying to fix this up for this guy, and she uses her own app to get this guy. And Olga's not going to want me to say any of this. It's not her fault that this guy is incompetent when it comes to scheduling but it really was very selfish. And so I said, I got a way we can fix this. How about I get up there, I just int- I do no time, and I just introduce him. There you is that does that work for you? So you can get an extra 15 minutes? Are you happy now? Because first of all, you know that show ain't starting exactly. So I'll go move the show to 6:15. And if I was running that show and paying the comics, I'm like, no. We're starting at 6.30. You can either do it or you can't. I really don't give a shit if you show up or not. No one's going to care. So if I already moved the show, I'm already pissed. This woman was nothing but nice. And then we get there at 6.30. And she's and Olga's like telling the girl, hey, we got to start the show. And she's like, well, we're not ready to start the show. We're eating. You know, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, it's a stupid outdoor thing. You got you to gotta plan for that shit that it's going to be like this woman will start the show whenever. She's paying us handsomely. Just relax. But I was like, no, we got to start the show because we got to get these idiots out of town. So I said, I'll do no time and I'll just bring you up. How do you like that? Does that work for you, dickhead? So I just get up and I'm like, all right, this guy's getting back to the city. Please welcome Daniel Simonson. He comes up. He bombs. He stinks. Nobody cares. This guy needs a warm-up act. He needs like two people in front of him before you can get acclimated. He is not an opening act. So he just did his thing. I had to walk him to the Uber. She was using her own app because he's a moron. I, I don't know how else to say it. He can't get his own Uber. How does he even go from club to club during the day? So then, you know, so he finishes. And then this girl, Caitlin Palufo, has got to get on. And I so I do no time. I'm like, and now Caitlin Palufo. And, and she killed it. She's really good. You know, I mean, uh, a horrible person for scheduling something like that. Very inconsiderate. But that's the way these younger comics are, I guess. And maybe it was the same in our day, too. But I'm just realizing it, I guess, yesterday, just because it affected me. And that didn't affect me. So here's what happened. So Caitlin Palufo goes on. She kills. Kills. I mean, really slayed it. It was very impressive. And then she leaves. She had her own car, so didn't we didn't care. And then I get up and I say, okay, now I'll do my time. And the woman who ran the party is sitting in the front row and she goes, hey, can you stop for a second? I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess. And her husband's like, no, yeah, we're going to go to the bathroom. Just keep talking. Keep talking. And I'm like, nah. I started to talk. Nobody cared. They were all walking away. It was hilarious. I really couldn't care less. But so then we're like, I don't know. So now Olga gets a call from governors in Long Island 
And now she's like, oh, I got to do a spot at Governor's. And it's funny because the whole time we're just like, God, these guys suck. These guys suck. And then she put that. She's like, now I got to go. I got to go now. And the, and this woman didn't want to get the party started again because I think the show was over. <laughs> Even though there was only two comics, I think everybody was done. So we were just waiting around. This guy, Tom, had to go, too. You can't blame him. He had an 11 o'clock spot. I mean, you know, that's, that's acceptable. He was very nice. So then I'm like, do you also not want me to do time? And I couldn't care less, of course, but it's just you needed a proper warm-up to get the show going, and it just didn't happen. And after that, it was just over. You know, I did my time. Tom did his. He was great. And then Olga finally came on, and the crowd was just over it. They were just over it. And Olga was just like, I'm going to go on a date. I'm going to go. All these things that when all this was happening, we had to get these two bozos back to the city by, you know, in time, which is an hour away. I can understand if we were in Hoboken and they scheduled something at 8 o'clock. But this was unacceptable. And the treatment of her by these two people. But then she's like, yeah, now I got to get back. So she got an Uber for herself and was going to go to Long Island, which is like, I'm like, whatever you want to do, I don't care. I got my own car, thank God. And so then I'm getting ready to leave. And she goes, my Uber was canceled. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do about it? You know, go get another one. And then she's like, they won't give me another one. I guess because this guy, Daniel Simonson, took her Uber and they don't give you two in a row. I don't know. And so then I was like, I made other plans. <laughs> so I'm staying in Jersey. And uh, she's like, well, how am I going to get home? And she starts to cry. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. I'm really angry about all of this. This is all Daniel Simonson's fault. The reason why the show was bad and why it faltered and why they just stopped and it's all just the selfishness of these two people. Fine. I mean, she was crying. What could I do? I changed my plans. I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with this kid? It's a little girl lost in the big city. So I took her home. Her and her, her microphone and her stand. <laughs> I just pictured her on the street trying to catch a, a hitchhike home with the microphone in the stand. And I'm like, what? Well, I can't be that much of a dick. And she'll, you know, if, if, if she was to ever listen to this, and I don't know what, when she listens or not, she gets very upset. And sometimes we don't talk. Here's another example of like, you know, we're not going to be friends anymore, whatever. But I had to say it. I had to say it because, because for me, it really could spell the ending of uh, this because I don't want to be, I know this profession is stupid, whatever, but I don't want to be in a, you know, and I produce shows and I don't want to work with selfish people. You know, sometimes you put up with stuff when people are great because it's worth it. But this, this was really uncool and it bothered me so much. And I'm like, this, this is the people that I know. These are the up and coming comics that I got to be friends with. These idiots that are so selfish and rude, they're not thankful for getting paid a really great sum for only 15 minutes work, and and they have the nerve to schedule something else. Like, just say, I can't do it. I got another gig. I, I, I don't know what, how else to say it. I mean, it's really uncool, and 
I was just not. I'm like this. This stinks. But I mean, this guy Tom Takar, he was great. So at least I met like somebody really nice, and he's really funny, and I would definitely use him on shows. So I guess that's what it comes down to. I mean, the fact is I'd probably use that Caitlin too, but I'm just really angry about the way they handled this situation. And again, if I saw that, Daniel, I'd probably say hello and everything, but I'm really upset that they don't see there was no apologies made. They're like, come on, Olga, you got to work this out for us so we can make our spots. The show was supposed to go till at least, let's just say it went as planned. The show was supposed to go till 7.30 and Caitlin was supposed to close the show. There is no way she could make an 8.15 spot. And not knowing that, I don't understand. You tell somebody a show starts at 6.30, you know you're going to be there. Just say you know you're going to be there till 9. Everybody thinks they're going on at 6.30? I mean, maybe Olga should have said, hey, the show starts then, I'm putting you on then. Still, though, the whole thing stinks. And this business sucks. And these comics, they got to go from club to club. Good for you. But why do you got to do it at the behest of all these other people that are just trying to get by also? You selfish pricks. And the thing about me is being older, I'm the best person you can hire for a gig like that because I got no other plans. Saturday night on my calendar just said Olga. That's what I had to do that day. I'm picking her up. I'm driving her up. That's my job. I'm picking her up. I'm going to the gig. I will host the show. I will do whatever she needs me to do, and I will drive her back home. It's not my fault. She chose to do something else after and, uh, you know, messed up with the plan. Go ahead. Go to governor's, you idiot. I don't know. You know, I mean, you already have a gig. You say to, you say to the people, I'm sorry, I'm already at a gig today. You're going to go all the way to Long Island. It's an hour. That's a two-hour trip. Hey, if you can make it, that's fine. Just don't. Don't bother me with your with your plans after you just we just had these two idiots happening, you know? I know the way I am. I know the way I am. Everything's got to go according to plan or else it's trouble. And I really tried hard. I went there in a good head. And I said, ah, just go with the flow. Go with the flow. And once Olga said she's got to go to governors, uh, that's where I lost it. Because I was dealing with these two idiots. And then I, you know, even when I said, hey, I won't do any time. I'll just bring you up. And then you can go. You know, so I'm already getting like, I'm like, but this is a good plan. This is a good plan. And I'm like, oh, let me talk to you for a minute. And I go, hey, I have an, I have an idea that I think is going to be great. But the funny thing is, I, when I say it, I, I have to say it from the scene from the water boy. Because I'm like, now, you've never done this before. Nobody's ever thought about this before. So this is a little different for you. Now, nobody's going to know where that's from. I'm doing Henry Winkler talking to the talking to Adam Sandler and the kids at the, water, the end of the water boy. <laughs> She's like, I don't know what's going on. And she goes, hey, wait, Dave has an idea. And I'm like, no, no, shh, let's, and let me just talk to you. He goes, what if I go on and I don't do any time? She goes, hey, he's, what if he goes on? He does, I'm like, shut up. Let me finish what I have to say. Think about it and then tell them. She's like crazy. I'm like, just listen to what I have to say. And then I said that thing, right? Whatever. We already said that. So I'm sacrificing my time. If I was a normal comic and cared. And didn't want the show to be canceled, uh, you know, as soon as I got there anyway. I couldn't care less about getting paid, even though I should. I sacrificed my opening, my time, and the way the show goes, again, for these idiots. So if you think you're only hurting the show, the people, they messed up those people's nights. That woman, 
you know, who put on the show. These these selfish people messed up everybody's evening, which is so, and they don't care. They're home today going like, boy, that was great. I had a great night last night. Did a gig in Jersey. Then I came into the city. They had a wonderful evening. Again, I guess it goes back to that crashing episode where Dove Davidoff is going back and they go back to the comics thing and that girl's just, Jamie is just drinking tea and he's like, come on. I'm guessing that's what it has to do. I just remember when we were kids and we had a gig like that, that was, that was the night, you know, like, and we maybe will party being at the time young with the people that hired us. And that was me and August's plan. It just didn't work out that way. That's all right. They didn't want us there. And of course, I keep forgetting how old I am and everybody's much younger. But being older, again, that was my that was the night for me. I'm sorry I didn't make any other plans so I could fit in with the other assholes. But then when I got home, I'm like, I think this I think this is it for me. I think it's obviously I'm too it whether it's old or just my personality, I don't fit in anymore. I guess, or maybe I just need to stay in the city. I don't know. Even then, I'm just like, what am I doing? All these new kids at the cellar, and I don't know who they are, and just things are changing. And, you know, a lot of me and the older folk are talking about it. And, of course, that's normal. But now I just really feel like I don't fit in, like, anywhere. So, you know, at least when I was doing the cellar shows, the produce shows, you know, I kind of felt like I was part of the cellar. But now I'm like, I don't know. Like the seller family is like kind of gone. It's not. It's not a thing anymore, and that's obviously the only reason I was still living here, right? Another reason to just get out of town. Well, now, what am I going to do? I mean, I guess I could just produce shows and not go on. But you know, you're still going to have a bunch of douchebags who are always like, "Oh, I scheduled another gig." I mean, this happens all the time. It happens all the time to me. You know that. But you know also now how upset I get about it. And why should I even get upset? Why should I care? It's August gig. What what the fuck do I care what they do? But it did fuck me up too. But again, that shit doesn't really bother me. If I don't have to do comedy, that's great. But I just felt bad. I just thought it was so disrespectful to Olga and the people that hired us to perform. it, It was a real disrespect on every level. Funny thing is, on Sunday, this you know after we uh, last Sunday, if, oh so Saturday we we're going back. I went to the beach and I had a great time with Dave Elliott, who's so sweet. I really like hanging out with him a lot. See, there there's a nice person who person who's very unselfish and just kind of gets it and you know lets me go to the cabana and stuff even if his wife doesn't want me there (laughs) he's like no he's my friend he sticks up for me and i'm an idiot i get it but it was great because it was kind of it it rained a little bit but i was like no i'm going in the ocean today hold my top and you know how afraid i am to take off my shirt especially lately i've just been eating and since covid it's been uh, out of control but i was like no i gotta go in the ocean today because i swear to god when you go in the ocean you feel like not only are you getting some form of exercise but you're outdoors doing something it is a big deal to go in the ocean so i was really happy i went in the ocean just waddled around a little bit and while while david his wife just watched me they're like what's the matter with him he's an idiot (laughs) but i had a really good time and my friends victoria and lou came and 
you know, it was fun. And when I went home, I guess I was a little out of, I was driving home and I just went straight through. I always say, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop at these rest stops. I'm going to get something to drink. I'm going to remember they don't have Gatorade anymore anywhere. So I can't, I mean, I know everybody's been Instagramming me, telling me where there's Gatorade, but it's not, it's not on my trip home where I need the Gatorade. So it's not on the Parkway rest stop, the Cheesequake rest stop, by the way. And it's not on my favorite rest stop on exit 11 on the dirt bike. <laughs> they still don't have it yet. They have that awful Gatorade. Oh God, it's still making me sick thinking about it. You know, if you use that sick, gross Gatorade with the elect- the extra electrolytes, you you know, if you I wonder if you use that with the colonoscopy stuff at the same time, if it just if it works double, because you know how I love I want double <laughs> action. Anyway, when I finally got in the city, Rachel called me and she goes, Hey, do you want to do uh do you want to open for me tomorrow? I'm doing a, a taping at Eastville, New York or Eastville Comedy Club in Brooklyn. Do you want to do it? I said yes, instantly, uh, which is odd because it was on a Sunday night, and I don't like performing on Sunday nights. Who knows why? That's a whole other story. I said, sure, because I wasn't thinking. I was just like, I'm so glad to be in the city, and I was in a good mood, and I'm like, okay, because I know that also that was the day I was going to edit the podcast, and they had all these plans, and I'm like, no, it's a, it's okay. It's later. I can work it out because I get nervous when I'm – when I have my editing day, I really don't want to go anywhere else, but th- that could be any day where I'm like, oh my God, I got stuff to do at night and I panic. You know, it's so ridiculous. Anyway, so I go out there on Sunday and I have this whole plan where, again, praying it's not going to rain again because I'm taking the bike and the motorcycle from Queens to Brooklyn. I end up in Brooklyn. And I'm lost because I'm looking at the map. I can't put the thing in the, I can't put my phone in the thing so I can see where I'm going because my phone's too big and I have to keep stopping and look at my phone and I end up lost. I end up in this place, Bushwick, Brooklyn, which is disgusting. And anybody tells you that they live there and it's great. They're fucking idiots. Bushwick is gross. And I knew right away something is wrong of where I am because this ain't right. And it's gross here. I just drove into a bad neighborhood. It's very obvious. So I turned around and I'm like, ugh. I got lost on that motorbike. But I technically, not only did I ride my motorcycle in the rain, but I also rode to Bedford Stuy alone. Yeah, I was right by Bedford Stuy. Boy, I'm really living out the Billy Joel dream. Even rode my motorcycle in the rain. <laughs> So, and, and it started to rain and I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. It only rains when I have a gig, when I have to go out in the motorcycle. Anyway, I finally get to the place and Rachel's like, you know, he's like, I'll be there at 7.45 and he's like, where's Jessica? You know, I'm always there early, but I got there at like 7.50, it was fine. And the gig was canceled. No one showed up. Uh, Rachel was there with Pete and the baby and she's like, yeah, I think we're going to cancel. I'm like, you are? And they're like, yeah. So um, uh, I'm like, well, it took me a long time to get. And I was like, fine with me. I really couldn't care less. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get paid. I was supposed to get paid. It was a paying gig. And she says, you know, if you host, it pays more. And I'm like, all right, I'll host. So that was uh, the bad part. But, and it cost me money to get there the, because I got lost. The, the motorcycle cost like 20 bucks. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll Uber back. But that was going to cost like 50 bucks. And I'm like, oh. Screw this. 
So I took the city bike all the way back over the Manhattan Bridge, which is the best bridge to take, by the way, if you're cycling, and uh, all the way home. So at least I got some exercise. I guess that's good. And then I think I ordered a pizza because I was like, I got to do something. I mean, this is awful. Food is definitely where I have an issue where I'm just like, I'm sad I'm going to order food. So if I want to survive in this life, which I really don't at this point, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe if I'm happy, I won't eat. But then I feel like if I'm happy, I'll eat too. So really, there's no way around eating. Or I just need activities where I don't eat. But that's uh, nothing. Going to eat before or after. Well, never eat before, but after for sure. Anyway, I remember I was hanging out at the bar and they have an open mic night on that Sunday too at this Eastville Comedy Club. And I think that was canceled too. And I was hanging out with some of these young kids. And there was one that was like so creepy at the bar. And, you know, I I told him my Instagram or something and he started following me. I didn't follow him back because he was saying such creepy things to the the bartenders that even I noticed because I was being creepy to the bartenders. So if the creepy guy notices somebody who's even worse, that's creepy. What are you going to do? Friday, I recorded the podcast last Friday, and then after the podcast, I met my friend Hope in Astoria, and it was like one of those 99-degree days, right? And the plan was we are going to meet for lunch, and then we're going to go, and we're going to go shopping for fish. She wanted to get a tank, and she's pretty hot, so I was like, all right, fine. So I took the, no, I went all city bike out to Astoria, which of course I hate because it reminds me of the 80s. And we went to this place and it was pretty nice, I guess. It was stupid. Uh, I just can't believe those places exist. And she was on time, which of course I like. Um, and it was really hot, but I was, uh, I was cool and comfortable. And I ordered this thing. It was amazing. It was uh, chicken, fried chicken. Uh, oh my God, it was fried chicken. She put a post of it on uh Instagram, fried chicken and a biscuit and the gravy, the sausage and grits um, with two sunny side up eggs. Oh, yes. Woo. Yeah, it was way awesome. And then she's like, well, okay, now we can go to the fish store. She goes, there's a fish store right by here. But it wasn't by there. I have a map. I'll have to show it on the next video podcast of my day. Of you'll see how far we had to walk. And of course, normally it wouldn't make a difference, but it was really hot. And we had to walk all through a story to go to this fish store. And that was kind of fun being at the fish store and just talking to the guy and I was making a bunch of jokes. And I was I was a, I was really uh I was on my game that day. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, if I'm in a good mood and I'm not completely full, uh, you know, I could be very charming. But then I didn't know where she lives. She lives almost like towards the Bronx because she's like, okay, let me show you. I'm going to put the fish tanks together. You can meet my dog. So we go and thank God she's like, no, let's get an Uber. Because she was going to, I'm like, you're going to walk with the, the goldfish in a plastic bag? She's like, no, no, I'll get an Uber. And I'm like, the, the Uber took like 20 minutes. I mean, to get there. She lives really far. That's not Astoria. Really, it was closer to the Bronx. She lives at the end. It went over and her dog was cute. And then she put over this fish tank. She has she has this small little bedroom. And she put a fish tank like over her bed. Like she has a little shelf that is secure. I'm like, is that shelf? I mean, this you don't think this fish tank will fall over in the middle of the night? She's like, no, 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 it's good, it's good, it's good. I, it would be like my worst nightmare 
Because there was like water coming out all over it and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, over the bed. I, 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 this was this is why I, yeah, when I see people eating in bed or back in the 80s smoking in bed. Um, oh my God, I'll, I'll never forget. And I definitely told you guys this once. I slept with some girl and then she started smoking in my bed. This is like on 29th Street years ago. And I'm like, oh, can you just do that in the kitchen? And she's like, um, <laughs> you're not going to let me smoke in your bed. And I'm like, well, no, I don't, you know, I don't smoke. I don't like the, the bed would be the worst place to smoke. I mean, I don't like smoking anyway, but I'm saying if you could do My roommate also doesn't uh, really like it. She's like, wait a minute. Let me just see if I got this straight. You're saying, I don't know if you've ever seen Staying Alive, the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Uh, and John Travolta sleeps with Fanola Hughes, who's been on General Hospital for like 50 years. And... They sleep together. And she goes, okay, you can go now. And he goes, wait, 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 wait a minute. You tell me to leave. Nobody's ever told Tony Monaro that he's got to leave. I mean, what are you kidding, right? Just joking. This is like a joke, right? I'm going to see you tomorrow or something like, uh, no, that's it. You're a boy toy to me. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Asking me to leave. This is unbelievable. Uh, so it's kind of like that. But I don't like, you know, I, when I see people eating breakfast in bed, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Why would anybody want to eat in bed where they sleep? There can't be anything worse than, you know, having stuff in your bed. Your bed is your sanctuary and it has to be nice and clean. And uh. <laughs> so a fish tank over the bed, at least it's on the foot of her bed. Just be worse if it was over her head. But. Yeah, you know, I was just watching her do whatever she does. And then I was planning on taking the, the motorbike home. And then I was like, oh, I'll walk her to the train station. It was everything was so far. And again, I just realized I'm not good with this heat. I am not good with this heat. I got to I, I don't know what to do. So I, I came home and, you know, just took off all my clothes, I think. And just like, oh, thank this heat is not working for me. I don't know what it is. I don't I don't know. I'm just getting really uptight about heat lately. And for so many years, I really just didn't care. Or maybe I do care. I don't know. It was like, it felt like a long day. But it wasn't not fun. Oh, um, plus, I got hold of some Adderall. I don't know if you remember my friend Audrey. She used to, she was the first one that told me about it. You know, it's a young kids drug for focusing. So I'm like, yeah, I want to try that stuff. I wonder if it'll help me focus. So I cut one in half. I got nervous. And on Monday, I, I took half of it. And I can't tell whether it helped. So I need to take a whole one. But I, I got to say, on Monday, I felt like I, I was very productive. So I'm going to try another one, maybe this Monday, and see if I get anything done. You know what I'm saying? Because if this works... This would be a miracle. It might be like that drug and limitless. I mean, all I need to do is focus, and I have trouble focusing, like everybody. And if there's a pill that can kind of help me work and focus, I'm all for it. So that was really interesting. And then, you know, Tuesday had the uh, the Comedy Cellar show, and this week, uh, tonight is the last episode. We're not even saying if we're coming. I mean... I don't know what I'm going to do in September. I mean, I, you know, obviously I want to do a football show, but, and we could do the comedy show, but I, it, it's over. It's run its course. It was fun. 
Maybe I'll, I don't know what to do. I don't know if a YouTube show is the way to go. I, I don't know. And obviously, you know, I put a lot of work into it. But it was fun having Esther and Jeff on. That was fun. Without Colin wasn't there. So it was like it was really missing. It was, felt like it was missing something. And then it was funny when Esther started playing the guitar. Then it felt like, oh, okay, this is what we, this is what we needed. I, I, can't, I can't live without Colin playing the guitar. It, it bothers me. But he was in Tampa doing something. And so this week, well, we have Marina on, but I was almost going to tell her, like, don't even bother, because I'm going to put Elon on, because he's been writing the jokes all year, and I was going to have Mike, who's been producing on. So it's just an in-house show, But because I, I wasn't sure if Marina could actually make it. I mean, who cares if Marina comes on? That's even better. But, yeah, we're just going to fuck around in the last show, because I don't know what to do. I'll take August off and see what happens, right? Figure out something later. I don't know. I'm very confused. Anyway, uh, on Wednesday, I went to the West Bank Cafe, and I'm gonna, it's, uh, I'm gonna play. I, I'm gonna be interviewing the owner of that place, Steve Olson. Uh, very shortly, he is. It's a place. It's a, got a beautiful cabaret club downstairs called the Laurie Beecham Theater. I might have told you about it before. And I'm trying to do a show down there, so I was with my friend Vincent, and we met. And just so you know folks that it is it's not just girls that bother me you know at dinner or places it's guys too and vincent's been my friend for years he's in his 70s but he looks amazing you would never know he'd probably think i was older than he was but he was driving me crazy because he i guess he's like me and i can't tell whether this is going to happen to me in 20 years or whether or whether i'm already doing it now but we're sitting there we're having a good time they you know he's a he's a sommelier so he knows all about this wine, and we're having this delicious wine and a really good meal, and then they started live music. The guy is falling apart over there because he has no staff, because, you know, the, the restaurants are having trouble staffing, and the place is only open from 4 to 10. He has no Broadway. It's, it's a Broadway place, and he has no Broadway clientele. So he's struggling to stay alive. He's even saying, I'm closing the place for two weeks in August, which I've never done before. I've owned this place for 30 years. I've never done it because I'm like, fuck this doesn't matter right so he's, he's having a hard time and so this band starts or whatever they were the show tunes and opera and technically it was okay it was annoying because we were trying to have a conversation but Vince I was just he's like I gotta get out of here and I'm like well can I at least finish my wine and food he's like yeah I'm like I'm just gonna go to the bathroom I come back from the bathroom everything's gone he's like and, he, and Vince is already gone he's leaving I'm like but I didn't even get to finish my wine they threw it out he's like Dave I couldn't stay I'm like, well, thanks a lot. Well, I thought it, we got there, at, th and that's the best part. I told, remember I told you, the older you get, the earlier you arrive. So we were meeting at 6. I ended up getting there at 5.45, and I'm like, hey, uh, we, we don't have a reservation, but it's 2, and I'm waiting for my friend. He was already there. He was already there. They were already eating, and he was already drinking already. I'm like, well, what time did he get there? Maybe that's why he was ready to go, but how is that? What is the, what is the, 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 the deal where I can't? Sit and finish a meal. I can't finish my wine. You have to go that quickly. I probably, I, if I hadn't gone to the bathroom, I just wanted to go to the bathroom and then finish the wine. I, I guess I shouldn't have done it in that order. I, uh, he was so annoyed. And then we went back and then we went out and we ran into Lewis Black. Hence the clip I played up front. The great Lewis Black. It's funny because, you know, he was part owner of the West Bank. 
for years, and that's how we met. But I saw him on the street, and Vincent goes, that's Lewis. I'm like, it is? Because he, he just he was like hunched over, and he looked old. And I'm like, what? what? And so I went up, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And uh, it was great to talk to him. I hadn't seen him in such a long time. And it was really great. And he used to write plays and put them on there. I'm telling you, I have this guy on, and it's quite fascinating story. And yeah, it was great to talk to him. He's still so cool and so funny, as you can see in that the first clip we paid, my God, his voice is so funny. Yeah, it was really great. So that made the night, and Vincent and I were talking, like, that was fun to see him because it is because he is great, and he's one of the greats. And you know what the great thing about him is about Lewis Black is that he's a gentleman, and he's respectful of other comics and people that are kind enough to put him on shows. Lewis Black is a goddamn gentleman, and that's the kind of people that seem to be very rare you know david tell is a gentleman as weird as he is he's a gentleman and if you give him a gig he you know he might say he has to get back to the city but he's not gonna he's not gonna rush you along i mean he'll rush you in a different way but he's gonna have the respect for the gig so vincent vincent you know i've mentioned him before i've had him on the podcast with uh, larry moss the legendary acting teacher and he told me you know he's been around for years like i mean vincent was you know around in the 60s and 70s gorgeous man actor you know and singer and all that kind of stuff and he was telling me that uh you know i guess he was friendly with all these people back in the day kind of like the way i would be like it you know at 70 and just being like i used sarah silverman i used to be best friends i don't believe you no i swear to god it's true so he said that uh, this guy he knew, Richard something, I, I, I should have gotten the last name, and he was dating or married to, I think he was married to Jacqueline Smith in the 70s. You understand what I'm saying? Jacqueline Smith from Charlie's Angels in the 70s, this guy Richard that Vincent knew. It was a friend of his. And they got divorced, and he realized he was gay. And he told why he told me the story, I don't remember. But he realized, this guy Richard realized he was gay. And I said, well, yeah, that, that's about right. It, that's when you do decide you're gay. If you're dating or married to Jacqueline Smith, and I'm talking about Charlie's Angels 1975, 76 Jacqueline Smith, who might have been at that point one of the hottest girls on the planet, and you're not, it's not working for you. Yeah, you're probably gay. That would be the catalyst. Yeah. That's, that's when you're like, yeah, you know what? It's not working for me. So I guess, yeah, I guess that's it. Because you're not going to go out with anybody hotter during that time. That's it. So it, it would be like dating uh, Margot Robbie. And then, you, uh, <laughs> and then you're like, you know what? I am gay. I know all these people have been telling me for years. But yes, it turns out I'm very gay. Because that would be it. That's what I need to do. It's very important for me to, ladies, it's very important for me to begin dating the hottest girl, whoever it is today, somebody over 18, of course, uh, well, somebody hopefully over 25. Uh, I need to date the hottest girl that's out there so that way I can finally decide, okay, I'm really gay. That's obvious now. And uh, I'm sorry I had to waste everybody's time with thinking I was straight. 
I just thought that was the best fucking thing. And it wasn't Richard Chamberlain, by the way. I don't know who it was. Uh, I'll find out his last name because maybe he's dead. I don't know. Maybe he did die. He might have died of AIDS. I, don't, I think he caught AIDS. I think that's why we were talking this, telling the story, which is horrible because, well, no, he couldn't have given Jack on Smith AIDS because I think he found out he was gay later. Well, does that really happen? I don't know. I just thought that was the funniest story. <laughs> I told Vince, I'm like, well, if you're married to Jacqueline Smith and then you decide you're gay, I guess that that's, you know, yeah, that's it. I loved that story. Oh, and here's something. This is classic, right? So yesterday when I was figuring out, you know, when I'm going to pick up Olga and I'm going to take the car out of the garage, uh, I was like, all right, I'll take the car out at three. I'll pick her up at four, right? So a lot of times I'll take the car out of the garage on a Friday night and I'll park it on my street for Saturday if I'm waking up, if we go to the beach early, you know, stuff like that, right? So I look up the street closures and I'm like, well, yeah, let me make sure the garage is going to be open that day, that that street, you know, they always close down that street. And I'm looking up the street closures and it's like the only that it's perfectly open. The only street that's closed is mine where I live. My street was closed yesterday. So if I had parked my car on it, I wouldn't have been able to get out. Thank God I take a look at that goddamn board. My street was closed. You got to be fucking kidding me. That's some serious fucked up luck. But I would definitely look at it the other way because I did check in advance. So that's whatever you want to make of that. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, let's, uh, let me do this. Last week when we did the audio video podcast, I hope you liked it. I hope you liked it a lot. I hope you liked some of the jokes and all that nonsense and stuff we were doing. I, I, I don't know. I hope you liked the video and all the stuff I put in, all that, anything. Anyway, we were talking about the band that I opened for in London. Chris Regan wrote all those jokes for me, which was called Roman Holiday. And I told you I was going to play Roman Holiday on the podcast today so you can see their songs. And then I kind of found out some more information. But this was their big hit. And I don't know if you remember it or not. Don't try to stop it, don't try to stop it. Don't try to stop it, don't try to stop it. Don't try to stop it, don't try to stop it. Driving out in the morning light, tapping out a beat on the wheel. The radio is broken, but I don't mind. It's just the way I feel. We are driving out on a morning way tonight. On a stop, one star, we call one light. Don't try to stop it, don't try to stop it. Sound familiar at all? I don't know. I mean, a lot of, I, I remember when I first told him I was opening 2000, I was friends with this. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like listening to his voice because that's my friend singing. He's the lead singer. And they were wearing sailor hats and stuff. That's If you see my Twitter page, I'm wearing the sailor hat from that picture was taken in like 2000. They, my, you know, my uh, masthead or whatever the fuck you call it. Um, one stop. Don't try to stop it. Don't try to stop it. <laughs> They had a couple videos on MTV, and you could look them up too. And, and that my friend is the lead singer; he's so cute. And the, you know what the weird part is? The last time I saw him was at that Laurie Beecham Theater at the West Bank Cafe. 
That's so weird. I saw him and his wife. I hadn't seen him in years. But I found out this really interesting thing. Um, that it. This is so... I can't believe I didn't know this. I don't know how that's even possible. So they had a couple of hits. That was their big one. And they had a couple of videos that were played on MTV. I mean, none of them were as good. This one was a... This, this one's not... Zodiac Cadillac, I'm a monomaniac. Zodiac Cadillac, I'm a monomaniac. Zodiac Cadillac, I'm a monomaniac. I've got a motor. I just won't stop why. Just like your pretty girl. It'll break your heart. I'll take you out to see on Saturday night. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Um, what's the? Oh, this was apparently this was a hit that that they used to play on MTV a lot. And the video I just looked at it yesterday, it's, it's, it's awful. I think it's my friend trying to go to a prostitution house or something. It's very weird. Whatever. Right. So, so they have a couple of videos, and you can uh, check them out online, which are hilarious in every way. And again, my friend is the lead singer, so we were very close. And it's just so weird that I saw him at that place. Um, that's the last time I saw him, which was about just uh, I don't know two years ago, tops. And we were friends for a long time, right? Even so much so that, you know, we went to London. He's like open and we were friends with him and his wife and the guys in the band. It was really super fun. And it's exciting to be friendly with uh, one of those British bands from the 80s, you know? So I don't know if you remember and I don't know if you've seen the Cars movie, Turbocharge, that is available on Amazon Prime. And I don't even know whether Dave Curry listens to the podcast anymore, but I mean, you know, the big Cars fan. Uh, runs that really good cars podcast this guy uh we used him in the movie to play mutt lang the guy made multiple hits from for everybody john mutt lang i always thought it was jeff robert john mutt lang i knew he had a big name that i was talking about so anyway we were going to have him play Mutt Lang. I was like, it's a perfect guy. He's got the British accent, whatever. It'll be fun, whatever. Even though I don't think he's British, but whatever. And remember, he got really upset. I don't know if you remember the story. And <laughs> I know I told you this before because it's classic. And he just walked off the set. And then we didn't see each other again until that thing at the West Bank Cafe, like two years ago. We didn't talk again from 2008 till 2018. So for 10 years, we didn't talk. Because he was so upset about whatever we were doing. I guess he thought it was a serious movie about the cars and it's hilarious in every way that he didn't know. And so when he walked out, remember I told you the audio guy was like, I, th I, think, his, I think his mother died. I think he said his mom died. And then he just left. And I'm like, oh my God, that's awful. But then we found out later that he said, and I know I told this story before, that he said, I must have been out in me mind. I must have been out of my mind. That's something like that. He got, the audio guy got it completely wrong. He was really angry that it wasn't a real thing. But I didn't realize they worked with Mutt Lang. 
So I that I guess that would so that's why he was I had no idea. He never mentioned that before, but apparently Mutt Lang wrote this song for them, which is good, but it's funny because it just really sounds like an 80s tune. funny because it sounds just like Def Leppard in many ways which makes sense but then I found out that this was on the teacher's soundtrack do you remember that movie from 19 I guess 84 and because I remember it because I worshipped 38 special at the time and they did the the initial soundtrack for teachers it's called teacher teacher and it's, it's awesome I remember I love 38 special I loved that song so much. 38 Special was the greatest. And that's a Roman Holidays on that album. I mean, if you look at the cover, it has them on it. I mean, who knew? You know, and I guess that I guess they had a very small window of when they were popular, but I had no idea that was on a soundtrack and everything. But then it was just so funny when I saw the Mutt Lang thing, and I'm like, oh my God, no wonder he hated us. He I guess he, you know, liked working with the guy. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they hated that song because it doesn't sound like any of their other stuff. Because that song, the Mutt Lang song doesn't sound like this one. You know you get to like it if you give it a try. Oh, 
think when they when he must have written it for him, he goes, "Well, this will be quite the departure then for for our usual um, band based uh, horn section." Then, won't it? I don't know. I mean, it's funny. I mean, should I have him as a guest? I could probably get in touch with him again. He, he is kind of interesting and funny, and obviously his accent is kick-ass. But uh, I think this would be kind of interesting to talk about, you know, being, you know, they had two albums, and they were a big, you know, b- b- a band in the 80s, uh, probably very angry at Duran Duran. <laughs> But uh, it's just funny. I don't know why. I just sometimes when I see him singing in those videos, I'm like, I, I can't believe that's uh, that's my friend. It's so exciting. It's like it's really for me. It's like being friends with Simon Lebon, and his voice sounds so good. You don't realize when people can sing. Okay, let's um, let's go on to a couple other things now. The Olympics are going on. I think next week we're going to have. Mr. Brian Pinelli on. Maybe if we can schedule him in. He's obviously very busy. So the Olympics are going on. I'm watching it yesterday, and I'm watching handball. Because I like to watch the other stuff. I mean, after God damn, how much beach volleyball and the stupid American and the, the, the basketballs. Who cares? I want to see the other show. I want to see the stupid handball. I want to see the stupid games. Skateboarding's fine. Diving, I like. They, you know, it's, very, it's hard to catch those others. It's always beach volleyball. No, does anyone care? I mean, sometimes it's fun to watch the women, but whatever. We only care about the gymnastics. That's all you care about in the summer, right? But I was just reading today that in judo, the Algerians are such pieces of shit. They have been banned from the Olympics, thank goodness, because they would not take on the Israeli competitor. They don't recognize Israel. So they've been banned. They chose to say, good, we're, I don't know what they were expecting when they got there that this wasn't going to happen, you dumb fox. But it's like, wouldn't it be a better deal to send your message to beat the Israeli competitor in judo? Wouldn't that be the best way to say, Israel, go fuck yourself, you dumb fox? Algeria, another one we won't be going to anytime soon. You might have also heard, well, first of all, you might have also heard that the Cleveland Indians have now changed their name for next season to the Cleveland Guardians. I'll tell you, you know, I think this is a, a, the same thing like when I came home yesterday, Laura, like, I, I don't know if I can live in this world anymore. I really just don't know. Between Ben and Jerry's not selling ice cream to Israel and these fucking idiots in Algeria, right? And then the Cleveland Indians are changing their name to the Guardian. For what? Now, I understand. You want to change that logo, Chief Wahoo, maybe that's an insult to American Indians. But now you're saying the American Indians are so angry that a team is named the Indians that we're changing that? I understand even the case for the Redskins. I get all that. But they're just called the Cleveland Indians. So we're just going to forget any of this ever happened. We're going to forget it. There, there was, and the fact that we murdered all the Indians, we're just, we're just gonna forget that about our past, and we're just gonna. This is what we're gonna do. We're just gonna put a, a little rainbow on it, and and just forget about that. I mean, this is ridiculous. 
So are the American? I haven't heard about any. The people hate it. The name of the Guardians. It's stupid. It's supposed to be. I can tell you why it's named that. Here it is. Cleveland's new name was inspired by two large land, landmark stone edifices near the downtown ballpark, referred to as Traffic Guardians, on the Hope Memorial Bridge and the Cayuga River. Oh, this is just sad. If I lived in Cleveland, I'd be furious. I mean, nobody cares. All right, you, you know, teams' names change. Whatever. But how is just calling yourself the Cleveland Indians disrespectful? You're not using Redskins. It's not a derogatory term unless you're telling me the American Indians now want to be known as something else. The, the Cleveland African American Indians. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just saying. This is very strange behavior. It, it, are they just saying, you know what? You don't like the logo on our hats? Then go fuck yourself. We won't even use Indians anymore. Is it like that? There's also a letter at the thing uh, in the post the other day. Oh, God. And I swear to God, I'm thinking about not getting the post anymore. I, I don't want to see any more pictures. You know how I love pictures of hot girls? I don't want to see any pictures of Ben Affleck and J-Lo. No one cares. Ben Affleck is a piece of shit. And quite frankly, so is J-Lo. Fuck you. Thank you. There's a thing about Kamala Harris and her negative approval. The polls have not been kind to Kamala Harris. Who cares? Why are they polling? She's the vice president. No one cares. The story is of whether you like Biden or not. Why are they picking on Kamala Harris? My God. This shit's pissing me off. So the NFL announced this week that they are making they are not making a mandatory vaccine. They don't want what happened last year to happen again. What they're saying is if you are not vaccinated and you catch COVID, your team will have to forfeit the game. So they are applying pressure to the teams that if you're going to be one of these idiots that doesn't want to get vaccinated, you are going to hurt your team. It's a very brilliant strategy. It's a little, it's a little tough. A lot, of, a lot of the players are really pissed. But, you know, again, these, you know, the, vac- the non-vaccination, wherever this started with the mumps and the measles and the, whatever people were saying uh, who weren't getting vaccinated before all this happened, is what caused all this in the first place. Remember when we were getting vaccinated for stuff that, you know, was debilitating to everybody and everything was fine and we didn't get these kind of diseases? And then all of a sudden, these crazy Christian people started saying, well, I don't care for vaccinations. And then what happened? We had a worldwide shutdown. I. Ugh! And so where is it coming? Now the variant's coming, everything's going on because people won't get vaccinated. I don't understand how you don't see that. What's so bad? Is it really bad? What am I missing? Do I really believe the government inserted a microchip into my arm? Is that is that what it is? Or I understand you don't want to be told what to do. But I don't know. I have been a recipient of a really good government shit in the sense of the way they've helped me through the pandemic financially um, and all this kind of stuff. And I, I don't think they're up to anything. How do, you, what, how do you feel about that? You believe that? I'm probably the only person who's ever said that. I don't think they're up to anything. Why would they help me? If they were up to something, I mean, why would they help an, an idiot like me? And there's lots of other idiots out there who they're helping too.
when I was watching that stupid handball thing, I'm like, listen, like it's such a stupid sport. There's like, there's a guy sitting there with a ball and he's just firing it at the the goalie or whatever that guy is, and he's right in front of him. It's stupid. It's like a joke. How is that an Olympic sport? But the announcers are so stupid. It's hard to watch. Like, oh, there goes Jeremy. He's got. How could they know who the players are? You're watching handball on a daily basis. Shut up. But I am excited to watch the uh, Olympic Games. I mean, some of them. I'm excited to talk to Brian Pinelli last week. Next week, I hope we have uh, a little bit of time with him. See what's going on, so uh, we can really get into it. It'd be very exciting. I think. I don't know. These Olympics are so weird. There was another guy. Uh, the guy who organized the Olympic ceremony was fired because he used to be a Japanese comedian. This would be like me getting a job organizing the opening, you know, for the Los Angeles Olympics or something. Dave just has a good event planner. And this guy got fired because he was making Holocaust jokes in his act 15 years ago. Uh, now, I saw the jokes and they weren't very funny. But again, you know, when you're a comic 15, 20 years, you're getting fired for that. Well, I guess, we, you know, that's a, I guess the risk you take if you're Japanese and you're making Holocaust jokes, you know, uh, maybe this guy doesn't get it. It, uh, it is a problem since we were at war with the Japanese during that time. You probably shouldn't be making Holocaust jokes, dummy. So you get fired. Everybody getting fired for stuff they did 15, 20 years ago. So I can't wait for, you know, for something to finally good to happen to me. And then they go back and listen to the podcast. How many times I use the N word. And you know, I'll say like, yeah. And then I stopped using it because everybody told me not to <laughs> go fuck yourself. God damn it. Everybody sucks. Ugh, I, it's, that's what I'm saying. I don't think I can take it. I don't think I can make it anymore. I don't think, I don't think I, it's just really frustrating. And I guess, I don't know. Maybe I was like this early on. I can't figure out whether it's just being old or whether it's just always been angry at the world. Sometimes when I think about in the 80s and I used to write into the daily news with my commentary on the world I guess I've always been like this I guess everybody gets into it once in a while where you're just like ah I can't take it anymore I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore I mean I guess everybody gets into that once in a while I don't have to tell you things are bad everybody knows things are bad it's a depression everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job the dollar buys a nickel's worth Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. And there's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. So, 
I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. But I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. After last night, I don't know if I can do comedy anymore. Oh, by the way, Jackie Mason died, and I'm doing Sheba Mason's show on Tuesday today. You're welcome to come down uh, at the Three Monkeys. And uh, yeah, uh, I guess, I, you know, with her, since she was so estranged, I think that's a good thing for her. Probably be better off. I don't know whether she's sad or not. I'm going to have to assume she is sad since she's always wanted her father's love, but it was never there. So maybe it'll open up this thing where she'll have this different view on what he was now that he's dead. Because people do that. They forget that people are pieces of shit. While they were alive, just because they're dead, you seem to eulogize them in a in a fashion that they weren't dicks when they were alive. But I have no problems with that. He was a dick. He was a dick to her. I mean, he wasn't a dick dick because uh, on Billy Joel podcast, we just interviewed Dennis Blair. And Dennis Blair, which you'll, you'll, you might want to listen to. I don't know. You know, I mean, those of you who don't care for Billy Joel, I get that. But we are, I think, is it this week? I think we have Easy Money coming up this week. Yeah, and then we have the D's wrap-up, which everybody's got to listen to. I'm joking, of course. And then Easy Money. We're starting with the E's, right? Easy Money. So we talk about the movie. Why don't you two put your heads together to make an ass out of yourselves, huh? <laughs> Most of the time, we're talking about the movie because I can't help myself, right? And then when we have the, after, just at the end of the E's, we're going to have an interview with Dennis Blair who wrote Easy Money, which was very exciting for me because I saw Dennis Blair open up for Rodney Back in 1981, from No Respect. So apparently he also wrote Jackie Mason's uh, One Person Show. So he has stories about that. And he's got stories about Rodney. And he, I thought he was a terrific guest. Do you think so, too? That is on the Billy Joel uh, podcast, Up and Coming. But this week we have Easy Money coming up. I should have opened the show with Easy Money. What was I thinking? Once in a while, you just want to open up with, um, I should have had clips and everything. Maybe we'll do that next week. Who cares? No one cares. show for today i'm sure everybody will be angry i called out a couple of comics because that's the way it is and that's the way i'm feeling and everybody can go fuck themselves uh, because you know you got to give a little niceness in this world and you have to be a little respectful every once in a while and even though that's apparently not the way to make it in show business that you have to be a bag of shit well i've been around for a long time and once sooner or later you got to figure out that you, you can't be an asshole all the time i'm trying to you know, debunk that myth because I continue to want to be an asshole. But, uh, you know, really try and be kinder. Look at this is me saying this. This is Dave Just. Look what you bought me to. This is Dave Just guy saying to everybody try and be kind. Rewind. <laughs> That's Dave Just guy telling you he's an old man and remembers VHS tapes. Hey, how are you, everybody? So hopefully next week our guest will be Brian Pinelli telling us about some of the Olympic nonsense going on i mean that's what i mean that is the story two weeks of the world trying to get together except for the people that hate israel and you can go fuck yourselves algeria ben and jerry's fuck you that's right that's how we're ending the show even though i said try and be kind of nice that is the show for today i hope everybody's great we have our last show tonight on the comedy cellar 
nightly show and don't forget Billy Joel and I will see everybody next week. I had a great time doing the podcast if that's any consolation. I love you guys. See you next week.